Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 77 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action movie Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me again today is Brian Lockhart of Hamilton Shot by Shot, among other things. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Well, thanks for having me back, jerkweed. Hey, 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 Geronimo, <laughs> you. <laughs> Hi, sorry, I didn't mean to start off so angry. No, nah, that's okay. I meant to say I'll take yeah. it under I'll take it under advisement. Yeah, you take it you do that. You do that. You do that, you <laughs> turkweed. There you go. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> so minute seventy seven begins with John putting a pin in it and ends with smoke continuing to rise outside. Hmm. So yesterday Yeah, yes it does. <laughs> so yesterday we ended things with uh, Hans giving James and Alexander the go-ahead to, to shoot. They shot again their their missile at the very strange angle and hit the RV once again. And now we're, we're trying to focus on John while he's trying to figure out what to do to stop it. So he had put C4 plastic explosives on a chair. And at this point, he... Uh, he starts taking all the detonator pins and starts uh, tries to figure out what to do with them. He puts in two of them, and you can see he really has absolutely no clue, no clue as to what he's doing there. <laughs> and he goes, ah, f- it, and then puts a third one in, you know, just for for the just for the sake of it. And you know, we we we're 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 trying to figure out what it is that that he's trying to do here with this whole thing. Also, you know, th- thankfully yesterday I I, I read about you know, what, how you could actually have C4 do something because, you know, I wouldn't have known to put the pin in it. I would have just taken the C4 and just thrown it, you know, <laughs> expecting it to, you know, do something besides feel like silly buddy, as you said, or serious buddy, as, as you called it, <laughs> <laughs> who knows. And then we get a shot of Alexander who is uh, screaming at, in German at James and James then waddles off towards the the crates and he moves the top crate off and he seems quite disappointed as he continues to look on that he, that there isn't any there. But, you know, he's missing something. And then we, we go back to McLean and he takes a computer screen and puts it on the on on top of the uh C four and he takes the cord and starts wrapping it around it. What why do you think he's trying to what what do you think he's trying to do here? I I don't know. I was going to ask you that. Like, what is he really trying to accomplish? But I didn't know if he. I, I don't. I I really don't know. I assume he's trying to hold the C four in place or make sure the detonators don't fall out, or maybe when it hits, it the computer will push down on the detonators. I I really don't know. I, I'm hoping you can tell me because yeah, the only I, thing I that I could think this. of. Yeah. The only thing I could try and think of is is that he's he wants to have more heft. In the whole thing to make sure that that you know he knows that it's going to go it's going down thirty something flights. So maybe he's saying that he needs something, as you said, to keep it in place. Yeah. So that that know. that sort of makes sense. Makes sense that that's what it could be. Yeah. I mean, I I, I didn't I didn't uh, you know I didn't try and research how does it help to put a monitor on top of a C four. Yeah. No, doesn't really doesn't really work that way. And. At this point, he he's basically talking to us. He goes, "Let's see you take this under advisement, jerkweed." It's <laughs> a good line too. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> now, have you ever heard the term jerkweed before? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I feel like it's just one of those random. Maybe it's because of this movie, honestly. I mean, let's see. When this movie came out in 88, I was probably 11 when it came out. So I'm the right age to be, you know, like that. You know, that's like what? Fifth, sixth grade, middle school. Yeah, jerkweed. Yeah. I, I'm, but maybe it was because of this movie. I don't know. I definitely I definitely feel like that was uh, an insult that was thrown around for sure in real life. Yeah. Could be. So, I mean, I, I looked it up and it's it's North America. It's it's American slang for in, an obnoxious, detestable or stupid person, often as as a contemptuous form of address, <laughs> similar to jerkwad or dickweed. Yeah. Jerkwad is more more um, to me, it was more common. Yeah. And what it also says here is, is that uh, it's what you would call a jerk instead of using an inappropriate word in front of children. <laughs> man that yeah. jerkweed man yeah. that jerkweed just cut me off <laughs> yeah instead of dickweed right exactly <laughs> exactly yep more or less yeah, yeah. i it. mean it's just it, it's it's funny that uh, that actually john talks about that you know that, that that's the way john talks because we hear him swearing all the time and now you're seeing jerkweed <laughs> you know and that type of thing and you know what you just reminded me that, that we forgot to talk about something yesterday when we were talking about the script you know, we wanted to know if, if the quarterback, uh, you know, the quarterback is toast is in the script and it's not. Oh, okay. It was something that either Clarence Gilliard thought up at the time, or it's something that, that, uh, you know, they thought of on the spot to, to change it. Hmm. So I, I, I forgot to mention that yesterday. Sorry for, for anyone who was expecting it and, and was a little disappointed that they had to wait until today to hear it. But I'm, I'm glad that, that, that I remembered since yesterday that, that, that I didn't say that. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. I can't believe how unprofessional you are. Jeez. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Making people wait an extra day to find out that right. uh, that the quarterback is toast is not in the script. Inquiring minds want to know. So but, but, uh, yeah, it was a nice little tease. I had him come back for more, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And then we get another shot of James. Now, uh, you know, he 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 finally gets to the falling case and uh, he settles it down like it. Uh, he he puts it so that it's upright and he opens it. And I mean, great editing here because they're going between James and John back and forth. You know, it goes back to John and see that John, you know, is looking down into the elevator shaft and you can see that he's holding onto the chair with the monitor and then he just pushes it off. And he screams, Geronimo, motherfucker. <laughs> so what do you know about the phrase Geronimo? Well, Not mean, the person, the phrase. Right. I was, yeah, you know, that's just something that it seemed like you, like skydivers would always, you know, like, like, um, either skydivers or, um, uh, what is it called? And like paratroopers. It always just seemed like that was something, I don't know where it came from or why, but as a kid, that always seemed like. If you're playing with parachutes or pretending to jump on a plane, that's something you would say. And they, in fact, even on, is it, I think it's Hot Shots Part Two, when they're all jumping out of the plane saying Geronimo, and then literally they have a native jump out and he goes, me. me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's the extent of my, why people yell that when, when they jump out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. So, uh, it, you are correct. It is an airborne, ex uh, it's a U.S. Army airborne exclamation it's occasionally used by jumping paratroopers or more generally anyone about to jump from a great height or as a general 
exclamation of exhilaration. And uh, the, this cry originated in the United States, but no one really knows where it came from itself. Okay, there, there are numerous uh, uh, stories as to where it came from. There are, there are two different explanations that say that it, it happened in Fort Benning, Georgia, which is where the first uh, parachute jumps uh, started in the early 1940s. Okay, there's, there's a paratrooper named Gerard Devlin who claims that in August 1940, he attributes it to Private Aubrey Eberhardt, who was a member of the parachute test platoon at Fort Benning. And they had only started uh, jumping not long beforehand. And on the eve of his first jump, the platoon, the platoon decided to calm their nerves by spending the day before, beforehand by uh, watching a movie and uh, then spending night at, uh, at a local, uh, uh, local pub. Right? The, the film they saw was a Western that featured the Native American Geronimo. Uh, and there, there's there's a dispute as to what movie it is. It could be the 1939 film Geronimo, which starred Andy Devine and uh, uh, Chief Thundercloud, who was uh, who was also in The Lone Ranger, and he played uh, Geronimo. And then on the way back to the barracks, Eberhardt, uh, all of his friends started making fun of him that he would be too scared to remember his own name. So he said, all right, damn it. I tell you, Jokers, what I'm going to do to prove to you that I'm not scared out of my wits. When I jump, I'm going to yell Geronimo loud as hell when I go out the door tomorrow. And he kept his promise. And apparently the cry was adopted by other members of his platoon, which, uh, you know, which, 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 uh, you know, stuck. Now, another explanation in, I mean, you know who Richard Winters was, right? Yes. Yeah. Dick Winters. Yep. Right. From uh, Band of Brothers, so his book, Brothers, yep. his book Beyond Band of Brothers, the War Memoirs of Major Richard Winters, he gives a different ex- explanation. He was in the 501 Parachute uh, Infantry Regiment, also at Fort Benning, and he said there was a popular song on the radio that was called Geronimo, which uh, everyone seemed to love. And at this point, uh, the cry became known to to the commanding officer, who insisted that they would instead jump out and cry Curhi. The name of the mountain at uh, at Camp uh, Tekoa, right, and the, which was their their first training camp. And this is the I mean, if anyone's seen Band of Brothers, that's in the first episode where they have to 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 run three miles up, three miles down. Right. And Highly so they say, sober. yeah, yeah, exactly. So they decided that they would start saying Geronimo instead of uh, Curahee because they they didn't particularly like their their commander, right. <laughs> And just to, just to uh, got him a little bit, you know, that type of thing. And then there's a third explanation, which is the final explanation that I'll talk about it. It's uh, that in uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, which is where Geronimo was jailed as a prisoner of war and where his grave is located, there are steep cliffs that have become that have come to be known as Geronimo's Bluff. And people were people would say that uh, Geronimo was when he was there, he would jump off of those. And so people who wanted to, to, to be like Geronimo would go there and they would make a leap on horseback down an almost vertical cliff, a feat that uh, the posse couldn't duplicate. Right. So the <laughs> legend continued that in the middle of the, him jumping, he, he called out Geronimo. So I don't know. 
I, I, because I'm a fan of Band of, Band of Brothers, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards the second one being my favorite of the three. Uh, I feel like the first one's the most plausible because it's like a stupid reason why it happened, you know, (laughs) and that seems like exactly what happens in the military. Like, you know, you get some sort of nickname or or call sign because of a dumb reason, not because of some, (laughs) you know, um, I I don't know. I I just like I could see the first one being plausible. Yeah. Uh, The first two actually seem the more the most plausible. I think the first one makes the most sense to me. Like, yeah. But and it could also like even though it may if it's true it's still the story itself could be embellished a little too yeah for sure yeah yeah so but it's still fun it's still fun to right. think about these type of things try and figure out where it can I mean again I like the fact that that apparently this is connected to Band of Brothers you know how did Geronimo yeah, yeah, yeah. get connected to Band of Brothers you know that that the, <laughs> so and at this point the the chair continues to fall and we actually get seven seconds of the chair falling, which, which I find really interesting because as I mentioned, you know, earlier, uh, I think it was earlier today or maybe it was yesterday. No, I think I mentioned yesterday. yesterday. I mentioned yesterday, yesterday the yep. fact that when the grate fell, when he was going through the air conditioning unit, it took seven seconds. So if, if my counting is correct and I corrected, you know, I, I, it, it's fun that both times it's the same distance that everything is falling, you know, because even if it's falling at, even if it's falling at 9.2, 9.8 meters per second, you know, because we know that John is on the 32nd floor and James and Alexander are on the third floor. So there's a 29 floor discrepancy between them. And then we, we see a shot of James continuing to walk. And as he's walking, we see the explosion and it just like consume the blast consumes him. And then we, we get to see from the outside massive, uh, flashes all across the the third floor. Now, my question about this whole thing is, is how did John know that he was going to be able to 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 kill them by or stop them by doing this? You know, the, I don't. How does he know that the 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 guys who are shooting are right at the base of the elevator? I mean, yesterday when I was reading from the script, so it mentions the fact that you know he could see the top of the car. Okay, which which I, I refrained from getting into more information about that because I want to talk about it now. So the the idea I, I never even thought about this before, and I thought it like it's rock bottom and then it explodes. But if that's the case, it could have taken out the whole building. You know, I always assume it went to the bottom and exploded. Exactly, that's what I thought. It was such too. a big blast; it, it it knocked you know it knocked them out. But also, even if I I always just kind of. But what about like Eddie and and Uli who are who are in who are in, in the, the lobby? lobby? Yeah, you know what? I just I don't even know. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, should have killed them too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, if it hit, right. it hits the top of the elevator, so it explodes there, and we see throughout the course of this minute so many windows being shattered on the third floor. You know, it's as if yeah. the the entire explosion just goes across the third floor. So yeah, I mean, it's dumb luck. <laughs> uh, apparently. Yeah. Again, it's it's all it's all the uh, you know in the screenwriter. <laughs> Right. You know, I mean, we, we see the shot from that. We see the the hostage floor where like the, it seems as if the room is shaking a little bit and stuff like that, you know, and then we, we see tons of flashes and explosions from multiple locations. We see like Holly and Ellis both looking up and we, we see uh, a bunch of boxes that are exploding and window shattering. And we see the, the, the cops, you know, Robinson and Al and 
we see them all take cover and then we see smoke coming out of the uh out of the lower floor windows and stuff like that and and this whole time we see John still up there looking down the shaft to see what uh you know see what's going on and we see the fire like shoot back up and it climbs up towards him and you know we can see that the axe is still in place holding the the doors open all right and then we see a whole bunch of other like flashes that uh that for a brief second seem to obscure uh John's vision through everything that's going on there and then we we see the fireball just like fly up and at this point it hits John and he realizes what's going on you know and then he goes kind of funny oh that he didn't shit. expect yeah it's like he didn't expect it which is weird you know right but yeah and he jumps back from the impact and is sort of thrown across the room at the same time you know as he's jumping and stuff like that and at this point, we, we get a shot of, of Hans, who, you know, to, to quote uh, James Bond, he looks uh, shaken but not stirred. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, uh, you know, uh, we, see, we see Fritz come into the room and goes, they're using artillery on us. And Hans just looks at him and goes, you idiot. It's not the police. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> He's really getting very impatient, both with uh, Fritz and with what John's doing. Right. You know, and then once again, we see a shot of the smoke outside just pouring out of these these uh, these windows. You know, there's there's a lot of smoke. I mean, when when I was watching this, I actually got flashbacks to to nine eleven from seeing. Oh, no, because you see a building where there's these billows of smoke coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you wonder. You know. Uh, I mean, this was this was made 13 years before 9/11, so you know it wasn't based on that. But to see the the way that the the, the similarities between them is just pretty eerie to think about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> nice happy note. Yeah. yeah. Do you have you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the the script or the script discrepancies? No. No, but I know I forget I forget the character's name, but one of the guys is Vigo the Carpathian from yes. Ghostbusters Two. That's James. James. Yeah. Have you gotten into just what a crazy effort that guy is in real life at all? No, not at all. You you can yeah. go ahead. I'll just I'll, very briefly. His name is like Wilhelm von Hamburg or something like that. He is um he I don't even want to get into it, but this dude has had horrible um uh problems with the law with his family uh crime and it's just he's a messed up dude i'll just i'll just leave it at that his name is willem van humberg yeah he's he's which uh, sounds made up yeah oh he actually passed away he passed away in uh, in 2004 at the age of 63 yeah he's um yeah he's got some serious issues uh to say the least so um i'll leave that for yeah 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 so yeah, he, well, he was uh, a he was a boxer. He was a wrestling wrestler and a boxer. Okay, I can understand why he would have some. Uh... Oh yeah, the dude's got demons. Let's just put it like that. You know, he played a demon. And he he has real life demons. Well, had real life demons. Uh, but anyways, yeah, he's. Uh, I it's just funny because every time I see that character, my you know my co-host from Marine Corps Movie Minute, we always go, it's Vigo. And so when I saw him again on this, you know, rewatch, I'm like, it's Vigo. But it's kind of hard to make have fun at that with when you know like he's such a horrible person in real life so it's like oh well um 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, IMDb IMDb doesn't go into the whole thing. It just says that that he made headlines after his controversial appearance on German TV at the ZDF Sports Studio after the reporter made some rude snide remarks about his boxing career and his private life, and he showed up at the (laughs) at the studio. And there's actually a documentary, a prize-winning documentary on his life, on his life called The Boxing Prince. Prince. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, because he, he's he's had some <laughs> he's had some real life trouble. Let's put you know drugs and alcohol and and uh, associations with some really bad people and some allegations about stuff he may or may not have done to his own family member. It is really bad. So. Oh wow. The, the, the less said about it, the better. Um, Apparently. But, um, well, his yeah, real name. Yeah. You know what his real name is. His real name is Norbert Group. Um, makes you makes you wonder why he changed it to Wilhelm <laughs> Wilhelm <laughs> right. von Humburg. Right. No kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, I apologize to any Norbert uh, groups out there who are listening to this. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> Just Vigo the Carpathian. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but that's all. That's really all I have for this. OK. Particular all right. minute. So the, the script has a few discrepancies here. So, first of all, uh, we'll go back to the description. So it goes, the explosion like a firestorm rips across the floor, blowing out the machine gun. Next to James and Alexander, shattering windows, sending desks, chairs, phones, and typewriters flying. (laughs) (laughs) And then it goes, the police take cover behind their cars. Powell, Robinson, and Mitchell look like they've seen the face of God as the building rocks from the blast. Henry's cigarette falls from his mouth as a desk is sent hurling across the avenue of the stars into the trees across the street. And I don't know who Henry is. I, I, you know, I, I've been reading the script and I don't recall there being someone named Henry beforehand. So I'm not really sure who Henry is referring to. He must be, refer- they must be referring to one of the policemen that's standing there. But, uh, uh right. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's really no discrepancies here. Just, uh, you know, I, I liked the, the descriptive nature of the whole thing. I mean, there's, there's, there's not much dialogue in this, in this, uh, minute anyway. And, uh, the whole line between Fritz about the artillery uh, only happens later on, and it's, it's it's Franco who says it, not not Fritz. Huh. So, but it's the same exact line, just a different uh, character, you know, who says it. All right. So every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition, where my guest will give a uh, story anecdote about some sort of uh, travel experience event story that uh, has happened. To, to him over the course of his life that someone related to a holiday. So you, what what do you got for us, Brian? I mean, it's nothing too like uh, like like adventurous or, or funny, but just doesn't need to be adventurous. Me. Yeah, yeah, you know, so there's no action packed. You know, I didn't save my family from a terrorist group in a in a you know at a Christmas party or anything like that. But um, no, no, you're still boring. I know, right? <laughs> maybe maybe some year, um, but no, I uh, it's just I hope not. I. I pray yeah, for I you that you never have to worry about that. <laughs> no kidding. I appreciate that. Um, no, just a special memory that I have at, at Christmas time is, you know, uh, each year my uh, my wife and, and kids and I go up to, um, yeah, it's like an hour away, and we go to this, uh, like, family farm that they do, like, Christmas lights and music and hay rides, and, and they have food, and you can see Santa and all that good stuff. And, you know, I live in North Carolina, so you don't re- we don't really get a lot of snow, and if we do, it's, it's it shuts everything down and it's usually in february anyways because you know that's just when it seems to happen 
But usually around December, we, we go up there and, and uh, it just it just was like the perfect time. We got right in to see Santa. Uh, we 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 did the you know, they do fake. They do a little fake snow when you when you go through and uh, go through and see the lights. and They play Christmas music. And then we were like, we all in went. December in North Carolina, you have to fake the snow. Yeah, well, yeah, they, yeah, because it's like, yeah, you have to just get by this one little like snow machine that they just put it on you for a quick. No, I'm minute. saying that there isn't real snow yeah. in in North Carolina usually. It's too not hot down there. No, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that we don't get it. We get snow at least once, at least once a year, but it's usually in February. It's usually a little bit here and there, or if it does snow, it shuts everything down. So, uh, you know, okay. So we're, you know, they got the little fake snow, but you know, it just was like a really good time, and. We hadn't left yet, and we were like, we had supper, and it was great. And then we were like, let's go out. Let's, you know, we were having such a good time. We were, we were playing on the, the activities that they have there, getting getting like hot cocoa around the fire. And then it just it just started snowing, and it was like the perfect, like that kind of like just really good snow. It wasn't wet. It just it was, and it was coming down so much, but it was like not enough to like, oh, we have to get out of here because you know we have to drive an hour in this crap. It was like, it was just. It was like magical. It was like magical snow. It was like one of those like if you if you were filming a Hallmark movie, and and it's like that would be the ending when everybody got their Christmas spirit back and we were all like having a happy time and then the, and then it starts snowing, you know, like and then it would the credits would come up and that's literally how our night ended and it was like it was just the best like kind of Christmas memory, you know what I mean? Wow, that's really cool. That's very cool. All right, thank you very much for that. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you once again tell people where where they can find Brian Lockhart uh, on 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 the World Wide Web? Yeah, I'm, uh, I got the Hamilton Shot by Shot podcast I do with my daughter, and that's uh, you know we can find us at Hamilton uh, Shot by Shot on Instagram is a good place for us. And additionally, I'm doing a, a, a Marvel Events Timeline podcast with uh, Travis Bow where we're going through Marvel, and that's at Marvel Events Pod. Uh, also on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook and on anywhere you can find podcasts. All right, excellent. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. So until tomorrow, yippee ki yay Yippee-ki-yay. yippee